Hello. Chris Sheridan. And welcome. <laughs> welcome Hello. in. Is welcome the, in. Welcome I still in. haven't heard that yet. I guess I don't get out much. But here's my question to you. Have you been anywhere where you're going to need to be welcomed in? And if and if not, then you're not going to hear it. So well, that's... maybe I maybe I need to like a hire a welcomer or something. You know, oh welcome, <laughs> like, just to go places. Like that's entirely possible. So yeah, I, I highly suggest that. All right, and as we're running with that theme of a joke from last week, we'll jump right into it. Welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I am your host, Jason Napolitano, and on the line I have Mr. Chris Sheridan. Welcome in, Chris. Well, uh, it's great to be welcomed in. Thank you. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> so you've officially been welcomed in. Don't you feel yes, better now? I do. All right. So today uh, we are going to talk about hypnosis. And were I uh, better at um, at uh, like specific sorts of audio editing and so forth, you'd hear something like hypnosis, gnosis, gnosis, gnosis. So I'm not going to probably do that because I uh, am pretty lazy when it comes to the audio editing. But um, you can imagine in your head and feel free also to imagine that that spinning circular thing that they used to start. Uh, and this is going to go over probably anyone's head here that isn't our age. But do you remember what was that at the beginning of uh, was it it? Um, Twilight Zone, or was it Outer Limits that had the hypnosis wheel, the spinning hypnosis oh, wheel yeah, at the, the beginning? Spiral, the spiral yeah, thing like, that you look whoa. into and it looks like it's dragging your eyes into it. That's a genius symbol. Look There's up, probably uh, a GIF on Twitter. Or I was going to say, exactly. <laughs> or look, or look on, uh, on YouTube, like spinning hypnosis wheel, and you'll probably see it and you'll know what we mean. So it was at the beginning of one of these old sci fi shows that uh, were in black and white back in the day. Uh, so I am the author of If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. Chris is the author of The Spirit in the Sky. Uh, we do this show every week, and we're happy to have you guys here. Thank you for our new supporters. We've got some new supporters that are, uh, that are supporting the show financially. We appreciate you guys, and we love you. Thank you. Uh, Anchor.fm slash Cosmic Eye uh, is the location where you can uh, support us financially. Uh, if you so desire, we greatly appreciate it. And this is the part where I also like to appeal to you to share us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, wherever you're at. I don't know all these things. I'm on Instagram. Chris is on Instagram. we got some Facebook stuff. We're a little behind in the social media, but we're getting there. You got to remember we're, we're older, so <laughs> we're, 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 catch, we're catching up. So at any rate, please share with your friends if you dig the show. All right. So today, as I said, we're going to be talking about hypnosis. So let us get into that idea. We've all heard of it, obviously. Who hasn't heard of hypnosis? Right, Chris? Right. All right. You've seen it in the movies. You've seen like, I'm sure, uh, you know, people uh, getting hypnotized in different films and comedies and they blank out and do crazy things. Or you've, Oh, he's early. Yes. Three minutes and 18 seconds into the show. And there he is. God bless him. It's it's on, I guess. It is on. It is Can, on. Uh, is there a canine hypnosis? Like <laughs> we need some. We you're need getting some sleepy. You're getting very sleepy. You want to stop barking now? Dreaming of a nice bone to chew on. I always love watching them when they're dreaming, and you and you can you can see them running. You know when they're like, oh yeah, the legs are twitching. The legs are twitching. Chasing a ball or something. Gotta love I dogs. Yeah. I, 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 I appreciate him showing up and showing us the love every week. 
so hypnotism, you've probably seen maybe from stage shows or what have you, or, you know, on, like I said, on television or in the movies, or maybe you've experienced uh, hypnotherapy yourself, what have you. Uh, we're going to talk about the mystical world of, of hypnosis uh, today, some of the history and background, um, some of the uses of it and how it's connected to different, you know, spiritual movements and stuff in the past and, and things like that. So we'll see where the, uh, the gods will us to go today. Um, starting with the basic idea of hypnotism. So essentially, it's a, it's a healing tool. Uh, that uses suggestion, it uses a basic uh, threefold sort of path, an induction, trance, and post-hypnotic suggestion sort of a, sort of a modality um, or, or model. And, and suggestion is used to treat different symptoms or to get at the, the core of, uh, of habits and change those or to you know, create more positive outlooks and things like that. And the idea is that it's getting beyond the the conscious mind and going directly into the uh, the subconscious or unconscious part of the mind. So in order to kind of, you know, wrap our head around that, we need to think about the mind first and think about it like being, a, I can say an iceberg or something where you see this little top part of it that's, that's, you know, floating above and you just see this little, you know, this little triangle sticking out of the water. And you think, wow, you know, that's not very big at all. And then, you know, you realize that, oh, there's, you know, miles of this giant iceberg under the water that you don't see. Well, the mind is kind of like that. You know, the conscious portion of the mind that we have access to, the ego and what we think of as our, our self, quote unquote, is pretty, pretty small. I mean, they use um, a figure in a lot of hip, hypnosis type schools um, of, of the idea that about 88 percent of our of our what goes on in the mind is below the surface. And, you know, I don't know if that number is exact. I'm sure it's an estimation or whatever, but it's a big portion of the mind. All of the things that are going on below the mind, the autonomic physiological processes that go on, the heart beating, the blood cells, all these, you know, billions of processes that are going on um, in this, you know, in this unconscious part of our mind that keep us regulated I mean, it's really, it boggles your mind when you think about it. If you had to do even just five of those, the things that are all go, that the, you know, the millions and billions of operations that go on, I mean, you would lose track of it. Think if you had to beat your own heart or breathe your lungs during the day and you had to consciously do that. Well, how dolphins long, do, how long would actually. You, well, there you go. They're, well, they're conscious breathers because they, you know, they don't have gills, so they have to surface. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what, I, this little side note, but what they do is they actually shut down one half of their brain. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, sleep is really to give the, the brain, the bad body's going, but it's to really give the brain a rest. So they'll yeah. list to one side. So if you see a dolphin making a movie and they're like, oh, isn't he cute? He's cocking his head to the side. And he's just mm -hmm. like a dog. That wants a, it's like, no, he's he, that half of his brain is sleeping. And they can do it like seconds at a time Oh, interesting. <laughs> and alternate. So but if they do that enough times throughout the day, they get their eight hours in. But they, um, they'll drown if they don't uh, come up to breathe and they have to be awake. That's, to do it that's very interesting i did so, not anyway, know that little aside but, uh, but no, yes that's but th that is thing. the proof that's... of how much effort it would take and that's just breathing yeah and that's just one simple that's well, not yeah. i mean it's a pretty complicated process but one thing that we're you know our, our life is dependent upon mm -hmm. so you know but the interesting thing is is that you know if you get into these 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 deep states these hypnotic or meditative states um you know, like, for example, the yogis can control their heart rate. They can c control different processes that we normally can't uh, control. So, 
you know, there is a way to get into a state that will allow us to, to, to get control of those autonomic processes, but most, most of us will never, will never get there. Uh, because it requires such dedication and such, you know, some mental focus and concentration. And, and, you know, I mean, it's a whole yogic and sort of meditative lifestyle that most of us are not, you know, suited for. So back to hypnosis. Um, this is a process of, uh, as I said, a, it's a, a tool, a healing tool, whereby, you know, one is brought down into this state and then suggestions can be given to make changes. Um, it's not you know, the, the, the hypnosis we're talking about is not the stage hypnosis. That is a real thing. Obviously, it works. Uh, what's interesting about the stage hypnosis that you see in these shows where, you know, someone's made to bark like a dog or they're going to, you know, run around or they're going to stand like a tree and then, you know, they wake them up at the end and they don't remember. It is real. It does happen. The the hip, hypnotists that, that do that, though, have a very uh, a different way of, you know, kind of working. And they're picking subjects that are very, very suggestible. Uh, you know, they know who they're looking for. And also the fact is, is that, you know, you're in front of an audience. And so the peer pressure of being in front of an audience is going to make you do things. And it's going to, you know, you're going to be overloaded with, you know, stuff, you know, to begin with. So it kind of helps to induce a different sort of uh, a different sort of trance state than you would get if you were, say, working with someone who's a uh, a, a hypnotist that, you know, that help, that helps do therapy or, you know, helps you get over different problems and so on. Um, so there, those are two different things. And again, it's not that the stage hypnosis is not real. It's, it, it is very real. You know, I mean, sometimes I'm sure there's plants in the audience and so on, depending on the different practitioners of it. But I mean, most of the time, from what I know, that is, you know, it actually does occur with the people they bring up from the audience. So again, it's, but there's a small portion of, uh, of people that are highly, highly suggestible and those hypnotists get very good at finding them in the audience. And then they can, you know, they can put them into a trance like almost instantaneously and they, they kind of get beyond the conscious mind and do things and they don't remember it. Uh, but most people experience uh, hypnotism in a different way, more like a sort of focused or meditative state where you're, you know, you're awake, you know what's going on and so on. You're just in a different state of mind where, you're relaxed and your thoughts are very clear and you you're, you're very focused on what the, what the person is, is telling you and so on. I, and I say this from personal experience. I have actually, the, the first time I, I did uh, hypnosis and you've done hypnosis as well, right? Yes. I have. The, the first time I did it, it was uh, actually uh, when I was, uh, I was young, I was in the nineties and um, I was in a martial arts class and we did some uh, self self hypnosis. And my teacher, uh, C. Joe James DeMaio was one of Bruce Lee's original students. And we used, uh, we used self hypnosis to increase reaction time and to develop um, uh, like, a, like a faster, sort of a faster reaction that was more in line with like our natural way of, of acting, you know, and um, developing sort of uh more concentration and developing um, relaxation, relaxation up, up to the moment of when you're going to perform a technique when obviously you need maximum power uh, and things like that. And it worked extremely well. So he was the first teacher that really kind of introduced me to this idea. And then, you know, subsequently I worked with another guy years later uh, who was a, who was a great, uh, a great uh, hypnotherapy guy and, you know, worked on some other issues, but, um, you know, what was your experience in, in hypnosis early on? Well, it was, 
you know, was in line with the way I kind of thought anyway about, mm -hmm. you know, mind body. And, and there's, uh, you know, the idea of taping your, like back in college or something, you tape your uh, notes, um, your voice, you know, talking about math or history or whatever your test is for the next yeah. day. Yeah. And you're reading, you know, these passages and you can go to sleep with that, then you'll wake up and it doesn't make you super smart, but it somehow sticks. Subconscious. Resonance, yeah, 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 that maybe you wouldn't get to when, you know, or you've already hit it with your conscious sure, mind sure. during the day, and this is kind of hitting another part of your mind. So uh, I kind of uh, believe that, and uh, and some of that, I guess at the time, I guess maybe fifteen years ago or so, mm -hmm. um, it was um, you know kind of when I needed to change some things. I was in a you know bizarre situation, and I was sort of getting out of that. And it, uh, I like, it I was... like that a bizarre situation. <laughs> yeah. So well, uh, internally just, and externally, we're just yeah, we'll just leave to, it at that. We're yeah. just left to imagine what sort of bizarres, <laughs> I, it, let's be honest, Chris, you were in an alien cult. Yes. And, and it, they, it was shortly before you were going to drink the, drink the, the, the Kool-Aid <laughs> Kool before, yeah. before the, before the comet came around and you got the hell out of there with some help of hypnosis. Am I correct? It is. Well, they wanted me to cut my hair, so I, I wasn't. Oh, gonna... even worse, even worse. <laughs> See, yeah. That's Mind you, if I you had to not, make a change, if you yes, have not right, seen join this, any cult, but boy, I'm not yeah. touching the locks. You have right. a, a lovely head of hair, my friend. Uh, so. <laughs> a lovely rock and roll head of hair. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Go ahead, please. Okay, no, so no, you were no, in that, a bad fine. place, and, and yeah, yeah, relationship yeah, internally yeah, yeah. and externally, no, sure. and you know, drugs and alcohol were involved and things like that. And I didn't really go into therapy or you know, hypnotherapy to. You know, to quit drinking or anything yeah. like that, but it was really just to kind of get, you know, get recentered and back on track. And I would listen to it as a cassette back then. I would listen to it uh, right before I go to sleep, and it yeah. really helped me to get to sleep and kind of turn off the day. Yeah, uh, yeah. And get a little bit of space, a little bit of leverage, and what I was hearing was is what I really needed to hear. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, I spoke with her even before she you know, gave the script and everything, and. Uh, and you can probably talk more about that the process, but mm -hmm. it was something I was completely on board with to begin with, yeah, you know, or at sure. least open to, yeah. And uh, and what I was hearing was was what I needed to hear, but I I consciously decided that's what I needed to hear yeah. when I was thinking more clearly, like yeah, during yeah. the day. Um, so I had that, and it uh, and I think it was very very effective. Um, you know, I just uh, for sure, it, yeah. I, I and some part of that has sort of stuck with me, at least in the auto suggestion. You just can really be careful of, you know, thoughts and so auto suggestion. By that you mean like self suggestion or kind of self directed self talk, right? Yeah, what yeah. you know, what you're telling yourself with this dialogue mm -hmm. or you know conversations that go on in the mind and absolutely, um, yeah. And we we talked about thought, speech, and action in the previous podcast. Uh, and how important, you know, those are, but like particularly speech, you know, that the things we say yeah, uh, to, to other people in the world, but also the things we say to ourselves or about ourselves. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Because cause it's using words. It's not just what you think of yourself like an image, but if you say the words, oh, I am not worthy or inadequate, or I don't deserve this, or this is a problem, you know, then you're really kind of reinforcing uh, something. So I believe that as well. And that's where hypnotherapy is great because you're using the same tools. Yeah. Uh, yeah but you're doing sure. them consciously and you're directed in a, in a way that you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. 
You know, and it's it, that that kind of gets into. I'll talk about this real quickly, and then we'll move we'll move on to some other stuff. But you know that there there's a definite correlation between hypnosis and and meditation. They're very very similar. Uh, there may be slight subtleties of difference in the in the in the state of mind one is put into through the through the trance induction method of hypnosis, and you know what one is able to achieve through meditation. But they are very very similar. The difference between meditation, meditation more would focus on at least the way that, that, that I do it and I teach it. It focuses on a mantra or, or its particular uh, chakra or, or some kind of a, a thought or feeling, what have you. You know, you're concentrating on that. Whereas uh, in that state with hypnosis, you would put direct suggestions to yourself, you know, you'd, or direct or indirect suggestions, which we'll talk more about later. Uh, of actual things that you want to re basically reprogram the subconscious with, you know, so if there's some kind of things that you find that are not constructive in your life, um, usually work on one thing at a time, but, you know, for example, like, let's just say, let's keep it simple. You want to quit smoking, you know, so you can go in there and kind of re sort of start to reprogram, you know, the, the beliefs and thoughts about what smoking is and what it's doing for you and, you know, how, how you're, you know, you want to get away from one. So it helps you get some, some subconscious leverage on that, on that habit. You know, we talked in that thought, speech and action uh, uh, podcast last week about, uh, about, about habitual behavior. You know, we go directly into the subconscious. That's the idea of hypnosis and meditation as well. It's just that meditation is more of a sort of indirect methodology where you're kind of allowing new things to unfold, you know, connecting to spirit and so on. And, and it's, 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 it's effective as well. But, you know, hypnosis kind of goes right to the core of a specific issue that you might have, specific issue you might have where you deal with that with hypnosis. Um, you know, and kind of going back to what you were saying about that's, I mean, the first time I did actual, you know, hypnotherapy work with anyone is when, uh, is when I was doing a lot of meditation. I talked after I uh, had quit drinking and massive amounts of anxiety and actually worked with, uh, with the guy doing direct, uh, you know, kind of, um, hypnotic suggestion. And then I began doing, um, the self-hypnosis stuff along with my meditation. It worked for for those sorts of things like anxiety, depression, um, you know, f trying to have better focus and concentration. If, you know, you've got ADHD or difficulty or, you know, maybe learning disabilities and so on, it can really help you kind of rewire things internally to, to be able to, to deal with a lot of that stuff in a, in a different and more, more positive way. Uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a powerful tool. I am actually, you know, just self-disclosure. I am actually studying, hypnotherapy right now and i'm going to add that to kind of the the practice of, of of the work that i'm doing with along with the teaching and writing and so on to be able to offer this so you know i just wanted to disclose that you know i have kind of a vested interest in this and you know we've both experienced the positive benefits of it so i'm you know not specifically trying to sell it to you just you know we're sharing this information and and telling you about some of the experiences we've we've had with it we've had with it and so there's you know there's a lot of these kind of uh, crazy ideas floating around out there and stuff about hypnosis. It's dangerous. You don't want to let anyone, you know, hypnotize you because they can take the situation is that one, we're already walking around hypnotized, you know, 90% of the time in our daily life by, you know, we're hypnotized by the media, by culture, by, you know, our education and so on. And two, in reality, you cannot be suggested to do anything that goes against your core ethical beliefs. 
it just will not happen. So you don't need to fear that someone's going to make you do something that you don't want to do. Um, you know, it's not brainwashing. There are brainwashing techniques that, you know, require a lot of time and a lot of effort, usually drugs and so on, that, that will make you do things that you don't want to do. But this is not hypnosis and this is not hypnotherapy, you know. So just to let you know, those are two different, completely different, you know, different games altogether. Um, so let's go back and let's talk about where this comes from, the mystical element of hypnosis and kind of, the, you know, where it started. Uh, I find this very interesting and, it, you know, obviously this is an esoteric and, you know, spiritual podcast. So, you know, we're trying to kind of go beyond the sort of practical stuff of which there are many practical values, but kind of see where, where this stuff comes from. You see, see the, you know, the seeds were, were planted. And so basically as it, it goes all the way back to at least in recorded history to Egypt about 5,000 years ago, there was, um, there's a papyrus, I believe it's called the Ebens or Ebers papyrus, um, that talks about this this procedure, basically, of hypnosis as a healing tool that the ancient Egyptians were using, which I found that fascinating. Um, and then there's 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 hieroglyphics in uh, the temple at uh, Saqqara. It's um, temple of Imhotep in Saqqara that comes from at least the third century BCE that shows uh, them doing uh, sort of hypnotic sleep oriented healing techniques, um, which is interesting. And then, you know, Chris, tell us a little bit about the Greeks and some of that other stuff, the temple sleep and things like that, that we, we looked at earlier. Well, one thing that the ancients uh, firmly believed in was the power of dreams that our dreaming life at night um, was vibrant and just as real, and you were to get prophetic dreams, uh, dream interpretation. Uh, pharaohs, kings, uh, great leaders, uh, warriors would go to see somebody to interpret a dream. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, the fate of history <laughs> sometimes, yeah. or at least the course, you know, maybe a detour uh, may be based on whether or not uh, somebody's, uh, and it's biblical, there's, there's so many Joseph, references to dreams. Joseph yeah. was a great dream interpreter for Pharaoh. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, and the Greeks had um, in the uh, well, with, I guess, a dream, there would be somebody that would even do some dreaming for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In right. the cave and these mm -hmm. gases, I guess, you know, emitted from uh, from the earth. Oh, the Sybil that would sit over the Sybil, which you yeah. sit on a tripod, you yeah, kind of went exactly. over it. Um, and would kind of get in a trance and maybe that with uh, some of these um, you know, minerals or uh, fumes that were coming up um, would get in a, uh, you know, in an altered state of consciousness. Yep. But, yeah, exactly. but sleep is an altered state of consciousness. Sure, sure. And we've all, I could think, have at least had some experience with dreams or nightmares or uh, even if we don't tend to remember them every day, uh, that there's something. So uh, e even the, the great physician Asclepius, um, who has a caduceus, a single caduceus with a single snake, uh, yeah, you might see on the side of a that's an the ambulance. The am yeah, the ambulance. I remember we talked about that. You you hit me to that idea. Yeah, as yeah. Uh, and the hermetic like Hermes. Um, yeah, be more of like a medical doctor that has the winged the, the, pole the, with the, the ball two on snakes, top right? And the two intertwined snakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so that's more hermetic. And then Asclepius, Asclepius. Uh, one mnemonic you can remember his name is Asclepius, like he's sleepy, and he was the you know the sleeping doctor mm -hmm. um, that. Uh, would have 
healings as well as the knowledge maybe of what to prescribe yeah uh, came through a sleep trance but again it's going back to this suggestive sure state and one of the primary things to do and yeah i know you know this from meditation mm -hmm. is to just turn off the conscious mind it's it's not that you're necessarily opening up this other thing it's probably mm -hmm. already there just we can't yep. get to it because we're, you know, we're stuck in traffic or we got this life and this and what somebody said and what do I do tomorrow? And, you know, or even just our, you know, very hardened beliefs, you know, mm -hmm. persistent beliefs, you know, the paradigm under which yeah. we operate. Uh, those can be really thick uh, ruts, like a pathway. And it's kind of hard to jump to a new pathway when you're, you know, the wheels are really stuck in these grooves. Um, but what whether it's through sleeping or inducing a trance or the shaman would shake a rattle yeah. uh, chants, yeah. you know, hymns, you know, the incense. Well, speaking um, of that, the shaman stuff, just to quickly say this, then I'll let you continue, but the shamanism was probably before any of, of this stuff before the Egyptians. I mean, probably our earliest medicine was, was this sort of, sort of healing in the spirit world in this sort of semi trance sleepy world where, the shaman would work with a rattle to induce a trance state or, or some kind of, you know, drug or, or herbal medications and so on. Right. And then they would affect those, those, those changes. Uh, so that was probably prior to any of the stuff we're talking about right now, but anyway, go it's ahead and continue. Prehistory. And, yeah. And it's, it was even, well, if you take the, um, some of the Aboriginal tribes in um, the Australian territories that, mm -hmm. Um, they believed in the dream time was yeah. was not only important it, in some, and I don't know if this is exactly true, but that's what I have read, mm -hmm. uh, is that it, some believe that it was even more real than the daytime. Like the daytime is what sure. we need to collect berries and eat and feed your kids and, yeah. you know, shelter and drink water and do all your things to keep the organism alive. And then when you're all done with that, you go to sleep and then, then you get to live your real life. <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of flipped. So kind of flipped, yeah, no, exactly. it, it goes way back and um, it's been so pervasive in healing. Uh, well, we even have, you know, the anesthesiologist that puts you under. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, yeah. and, and these are all us. exactly. And so, you know, this is, there is definitely a connection between the sort of sleepiness and the sort of, you know, this uh, altered sort of state and so on. Uh, and, and hypnosis, uh, you know, modern hypnotism is, is a little bit different in that, you know, most of the time you're going to be in a pretty awake, but awake and alert and focused, but extremely relaxed and sort of meditative state. You know, that's how most people experience it, you know, so you're not specifically going to go to sleep and you're going to know what's going on and you're going to think, well, I'm not really hypnotized, but you are in an altered state. It's just a uh, it's one where you're still conscious. It's very mm -hmm. akin to the state that you get into in a very deep meditation. You're there, you're focused, the thoughts have stopped and you're kind of consciousness itself. And, you know, there's not a, there's very, very little chatter in the mind and it's a very comfortable and refreshing state to be in. And then you give those suggestions at, at that point and start going into it in that fashion. Um, but it's, it is, it is, you know, it's an interesting state of mind because it's, it's, you know, it's between sleep, that true deep, you know, I don't remember what was going on, sleep and, you know, conscious day, you know, day to day experience of, day, you know, life and, and I'm fully awake type thing. It's sort of a netherworld between those two, isn't it? Oh, it is. And that's uh, why it's suggested to do your auto suggestion um, mm -hmm. upon waking and then right before sleep. 
Um, and that's going to be your affirmations some, or any mm-hmm. of the, your goals. You're, you're, you're repeating those to yourself, right, at those times? And the, the simple one, actually, and the, the one that really kind of developed auto-suggestion into a thing, Emile Couet, if I'm saying it right, the Frenchman, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. mid-1800s, lived to about uh, 1925, I think. So he was known um, in the modern, you know, psychological era. Uh, uh, and he... I guess picked up maybe where Mesmer left off. Uh, it was Mesmer was late 1700s. 1774, 1775 yeah. in that area. Yeah. He started doing his magnetic treatments then. Yeah. Um, animal magnetism, mm-hmm. uh, that term is attributed to Mesmer, being mesmerized. But you know, <laughs> right? so it's part of our language. You know, that animal magnetism, this I read somewhere else, uh, or, you know, because we're both looking at a document that has some of this information we're drawing from that. But I also did a little extra research. So animal magnetism goes all the way back to Paracelsus. Oh, that okay. was one of his ideas. Uh, and Mesmer also believed in the influence of uh, the stars on people. So an astrological sort of influence on people as well, which was also from Paracelsus. And the more ancient idea of, you know, of this sort of microcosm and macrocosm that we've talked about a lot before that the, you know, the universe is reflected in our, our body and mind experience. And, you know, uh, as well, you know, and the universe is also a reflection of our body, mind and soul, etc. So, you know, that's kind of one of those more ancient ideas that, that we often talk about. Um, but the uh, the interesting thing, too, is that, you know, this this idea of animal magnetism and this this fluid. So he talked about this fluid that was flowing through people and it would get stuck. And this is this is the interesting thing that happened with this. So they were doing, you know, sort of a tr- more energetic treatments, almost like a chi or prana type treatment. Mm-hmm. Right. And this this energy is flowing through people, and it also involved a you know a hypnotic state and some you know kind of ritualistic elements that went along with it and stuff. What really rubbed people the wrong way and why hypnotism kind of fell into disuse over time was that. So King Louis the at the time it was like the sixteenth, I believe. Let me double check this. King Louis the sixteenth was concerned that people were, were really, you know, actually getting caught up in this mesmerism. Although he was treating people and getting fabulous results, you know, they wanted to make sure, you know, no one was getting cheated or something. So they, the, so the Royal, the Royal Science Academy of Paris, I believe it was called is, um, was called in to investigate this. And this included even Benjamin Franklin, actually, which I thought was interesting. Um, he was on the panel and there were other, uh, there were other great, um, it's, uh, let's see, uh, Antoine Lavoisier, who discovered oxygen and hydrogen, guillotine, Dr. Joseph Guillotine. He was co-founder of the Academy of Medicine in Paris and invented the, the guillotine. A uh, very humane instrument, right? An astronomer, yeah. Jean Bialet, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So all these, these famous French um, scientists were involved in, in, in investigating animal magnetism. And of course, you know, with the limited instrumentation they had, they they found it to be false. They said, no, there's no such thing as animal magnetism. And then suddenly mesmerism, you know, is 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 thought of as unscientific. And of course, that was the worst thing you could say about something. in, in the you know, in those days in this modern the birth of modernity was at that time and everything was supposedly scientific or unscientific. So if you couldn't find a material cause for something and you didn't have the instruments to view it, then it just didn't exist. 
And this is obviously all pre, you know, particle physics and all these different things. So they couldn't, subtle energies were not something that these guys were, were too open to. You know, fast forward to today, you know, we see now the body is just energetic processes and vibrational frequencies and all this. And it turns out Mesmer was right. Look at that. Maybe the terminology was different. You know, maybe some of his methodology was, you know, was different than what we might do. But it's quite interesting. We've come full circle back to those similar ideas. You know, Mesmer would use magnets to treat people. They use magnetic uh, resonance and magnets often to treat uh, uh, to treat bipolar uh, issues and things like that. I mean, they're using a lot of these same techniques and, you know, scientifically now. So it's, you know, and obviously energy healing and, and meditation and, and, and hypnosis and so on are, are pretty widely accepted now, not by everyone, but certainly by a lot of people. But what happened was essentially, so once, once the, the, you know, Mesmer was debunked, then we entered the new, the new sort of era of modern, hypnotism and folks like James Braid and even uh, Freud was involved early on um, with, with hypnotism and they used it very effectively uh, to, to treat uh, Anna O who was a, was a, was a figure that he wrote about. And it's one of his famous books, Um, him and uh, Joseph Brewer, I believe uh, worked with her and they treated his, what they called hysteria in those days um, very effectively and basically, Freud, like most people argue that hypnotism would be a much bigger part of psychology today if it weren't for the fact that Freud kind of rejected it. And not, he didn't reject it because he didn't think it was effective. He actually rejected it because he ran into a woman that he couldn't immediately put into a trance state. And so he, he felt a little frustrated with it. And then, so then he started working with um, free association with her. And he discovered that idea that, oh, and, you know, people will, will tell you things, you know, sort of subconscious things in, in free association, and then he can kind of figure it out. And then that was kind of how modern psychoanalysis was born. And, you know, he kind of abandoned hypnosis at that point, but not because it didn't work, because it didn't really fit into the scheme of psychoanalysis. And he felt that it really didn't get to the core of the issues, that it could be used to treat things, but he also wanted to listen to the symptoms and and find out what they had to say. So he didn't want to necessarily cure it right away and then not know what the cause was because it might not be a completely effective cure was, I think, I'm oversimplifying it, but more or less that's kind of what it was. And so um, so then it kind of, you know, and since Freud was such a such an instrumental figure in, you know, in modern psychology, and then of course Jung coming after him, uh, I think that's the reason why hypnosis kind of fell out of favor. And some of the other ideas... Uh, there's two competing schools in France that, you know, were kind of going at each other. And one of them thought it should only be used for hysterical cases. And one of them thought it could be used for all kinds of stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a, you know, it's a wide history. The point is, is that today, you know, we can, we can use hypnosis uh, to make a lot of changes. And it's one of the tools that's, um, that's used in ritual magic. It's, you know, it's used in, in, in different forms of visualization and, and guided meditations and so on. Uh, and it's a very effective way to, for, you know, to affect personal transformation. Um, you know, so we wanted to talk about, you know, some of the history and also some of the uses today. So we'll kind of go more into that. Um, do you have anything more to say about the historical aspects of things? Anything popping up that I didn't? Uh, yeah, well, um, back to Emil uh, Kuei. Yep. And his famous line was, day by day, in every way, I am getting better and better. 
he said to say that 10 times a day when you wake up and 10 times before you go to bed. Yeah. And that, and I know we're going to get into general versus specific, but if you say, well, I want to have $10,000 by, you know, next Friday or something, that's clear and that's specific. And that'll maybe motivate you to, you know, find, find a way to do that. Um, But sometimes if it were dealing with maybe a deeper issue, like you're saying, um, instead of really treating the specifics, get to the court. Well, why am I not doing better um, every day? Right. Just fall on the same rut or something. We'll just say day by day, I'm getting, and whatever that means, however Mm -hmm. that unfolds, Mm -hmm. what, what does it mean to be better? Even using that word better, uh, what's, what comes before better, bad, no good. Yeah. Good, better, best. It's a, we we know those three words together. Uh, So if I'm getting better, that assumes just linguistically that I'm already good. For sure. That I'm starting out, you know, not on the back foot. I'm starting out forward. Um, So, you know, it's very simple. Oh, yeah. Day by day, every day, I'm getting better and better. Um, Okay. But why not tell yourself that every day? Uh, Why not tell yourself that every night before you go to bed? And who knows, maybe some point along the day, you might just stop and go, wait a minute, I have a choice here. I can react and start yelling, or I can just hold back and chill, and maybe this thing will pass. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's better. That's better than getting frustrated. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that in that one day today, I got better in that way. Um, no, you know, it's and, true. Very good point. But again, so that, you know, doing that in the, upon waking and then going to bed. Well, we're in that um, kind of liminal state between sleep yeah. and between waking, right? And so it is a natural sort of hypnotic state. So a great time to do uh, to do that work. Um, that's a that's a great point. And you know, it seems simplistic sometimes. Some of these things, day by day, in every way, I'm getting better and better. But you know, sometimes the simple methodology is just what we need. We overthink things oftentimes. I know I do. I know you do. <laughs> it's the you know, I, way. I think yeah, of the Western right? curse or something. It yeah. is. And so we got to, you know, we've kind of got to go get back to simplicity and just self-talk. Like oftentimes, you know, we can hypnotize ourselves into, for example, being sick. So I get a, I have a little sniffle and then I start thinking about it and then I start obsessing on it. And it's like, oh, yeah, I am getting. Oh, and then someone, God forbid, someone goes, you look a little pale. Oh, my God, I'm getting sick. And then you start <sighs> repeating that over and over in your head and all this stuff. Instead, here's here's try this trick try this trick when you know you start seeing something and just go i feel great i feel healthy you know i'm getting better and better moment by moment something like this or come up with your own little little ditty that you like to say in your head but you know refute that 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 thought and don't plant that seed of sickness you know don't look for ailments don't wake up in the morning and go look at your eyes look at your tongue think about what you're you know what might be wrong today you know, just tell yourself you feel great, you feel healthy, you feel strong. Again, I say it sounds simplistic, but look, that is how the mind works. You program it with the information you put into it. And, you know, that's the experience that you have. Now, it's not to say that, you know, it's always, you know, it's always going to happen the way that you want it to. But, you know, more times out of, you know, nine times out of 10, let's say it, it will You know, it's incredible how this stuff works when you use it, you know, and it works in the opposite way, because if you think about it, you can talk yourself into feeling bad or getting mad at someone. You can easily see that because we do it all the time over even over things that, 
you know, we, we mistake mistakenly assume as one thing or another, like, Oh, this guy slighted me and he meant this and he meant that. And then you talk to this person and you know, they, they just forgot. It wasn't all this malicious stuff that you thought. And it wasn't, you know what I mean? Oh, I do. One of my favorites one is, is when somebody is, you know, betrayed or, you know, slighted, like you said, or jilted or, um, ripped off or insulted or, you know, anything that gets under your skin. Yeah. My response usually when somebody has, has that uh, issue going on is, well, that other person um, probably does that to everybody. You know, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. one who, who cheated on you. You know what? You're not the first yeah. and you won't be the last. There's yeah. nothing special sure. about this. Sure, you're not sure. singularly important. And yeah. what's, what's, you know, important is, is the fact that this person, that's just the way this person is. Sure, sure. Exactly. For whatever the reason. And you can yeah. forgive and, um, you know, think good thoughts that somebody might transcend their own uh, lower natures. But, Absolutely. But it kind of takes the personal thing out of it. Absolutely. That's it hits you personally. It yeah. affects you on a personal but, level deeply, yeah. but it's, it's not a personal attack. No, it's, no. And, and, you and know, the, go ahead, that go ahead. can give you just enough wiggle room or leverage to go, well, geez, okay. Maybe I, I don't need to feel so betrayed. Yeah. Because that's just kind of the way this person is. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you see the sort of cause and you see how you've spun it out into this hypnotic belief in your own mind and you've, you've run, run with it and created a completely yeah. different experience in your own self than, you know, than what actually occurred. That it was some, some great, you know, malicious personal attack on you or whatever. And you're this, you know, vic- this singular victim in the world that, you know what I'm saying? It's like it helps yeah. you to break out of that. Well, that's the thing, like we were talking about at the beginning of this, it's like, you know, the world is a sort of a hypnotic, you know, effect in a sense. I mean, it is, it, you know, culture and the media and politics and all the stuff you see on television and all the different things that you experience on a day-to-day basis, all these things you're taking in when you watch television and you listen to songs and, you know, you play video games and you're, you know, engaged in social media, it's all programming your unconscious and subconscious mind to experience the world in a certain way. So you're already hypnotized into thinking the world is this way. And, you know, capitalism is the way to go. And, you know, we're the freest, best country on the planet and all these different ideas that come to you through these different mediums or or capitalism is terrible. And this is and socialism is great or whatever these ideas are you're getting a hold of. And, you know, you realize like, wow, this is, you know, I'm sort of being hypnotized into a kind of way of experiencing things. And it's done with flashing lights and loud music and smoke screens and all this. But those are the same tools that a shaman would use or a ritual magician would use or that, for example, Hitler used or Stalin used in their campaigns of propaganda. Those things are closely allied. So you have to understand, you know, hypnotism and propaganda and self-talk and you know media manipulation all this stuff it's all kind of tied into the same thing it's lulling you into this place or overwhelming you with all of this stimuli that open up and well kind of get the critical mind out of the way and just go straight into the unconscious and you know and, and sort of affect you in a very deep you know core way you have to, if you want to live a, a good, centered, healthy, focused, positive life, you have to take that back. You have to, you know, take that away from the world. Use the same tools, but use them constructively. 
build armor around yourself to resist that, you know, that kind of onslaught from the world and so on. Wake up from the matrix as it were. Mm-hmm. Right. And well, so, that was a recurring theme in, in that movie. You know, Neo was always waking up, knock, knock, wake up, Neo. He was, yeah. you know, five, five different shots of him, you know, waking up in different sure. <laughs> form or another, whether That's in true. the matrix or outside. Or outside that was, yeah. uh, but that was a, a theme, you know, of mm-hmm. the movie. And this waking up, you're bringing up a, a really important uh, you know, point is that we, this programming <laughs> through the television or mm-hmm. computer things, um, advertising, uh, culture, like you said, um, one way or the other, whoever you tend to believe what, uh, or that's in line with you or your environment, yeah. um, that's all done kind of unconsciously. You know, uh, maybe, you know, we see these messages, but we don't know we're being hypnotized. We don't know maybe that we are. We're not fully aware of just yeah, even that we, fact. We aren't. But here's the, here's the insidious thing. They're completely aware of what they're doing. Well, advertisers yeah, it's, it's advertising. know all these yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. They, read, they, are, they know more about psychology than a lot of psychologists Read Bernays' book on propaganda. Um, I mean, it'll explain to you how all of that works psychologically. Yeah. It's genius. So anyway. So it's but, better yeah. to know. It's better, it's better to, to know, know that, that this is what's up. going on. So yeah. A, you can see maybe how you've been lulled into this yep. you know, way of thinking or believing mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. what the limitations are as far as being a human being. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, rich guys always win or you know, well, the patriarchy is keeping me down or the white man or something, you know, it's, you can believe that. Whatever. The, there's a reason yeah. to believe a lot of things are based sure, on some level of fact. There's evidence out there. Fear that, or something yeah, of another culture that, or something. Sure. But, uh, but that doesn't necessarily make it true. It doesn't make you powerless. So just no. to know that that's going on yeah. and then to fill it in with something else. Yeah. Yeah, for Re- sure. Rewrite the script, the code, I guess. If we're talking about programming. Let's recode um some of this yeah and then to know that when you see it maybe out there in the world coming at you yep you can go now do i have to get on board with this belief is Mm -hmm. this necessarily Mm -hmm. true well it's not clinically proven well i don't care if it works (laughs) if somebody tells me something that works um and I try it and it works for yeah. me. I don't care what they do in a clinic. Here's that's the not, beauty. That's though. none of my business. Hip, hypnosis is clinically proven. Time yeah. and again, they've used it, yeah. you know, as anesthesia, as, a, as treatments for pain, as, you know, uh, for, for faster healing. There's case after case after case where it is, it is medically proven, even though I don't, I'm not one who cares about that so much. But it, no. it's got both. It's got a classical yeah. tradition that reaches back into antiqui- antiquity. And it's got the the proven sort of medical scientific quote unquote pedigree, you know, why people don't use it more, I think is because look, it, it, I mean, it's effective, it's cheap and it's something you can do yourself. It doesn't involve the establishment and the media and, you know, and drug companies and all this other stuff. So, you know, well, cause we've gonna, been programmed into thinking programmed that healthcare, that's better. You have to have that. And being sick is a way of life. Way of and life. It's expensive and difficult and painful and miserable. And it's not um, true. I, I yeah. argue, as you do as well, you know, invest in, 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 in your own, you know, self-care and, and personal health and think about a holistic life and build a quality of life and, and healthy habits and thinking and ways of being. And you will not be tied up in this health system, you know, in this, this constant going to the doctor and worrying about this insurance and that insurance and, you know, whether or not this drug is going to work or that drug's going to, I mean, you may have every once in a while have to deal with something major that's beyond your, you know, 
your level of, of care for yourself. But most of the stuff and especially the pervasive things, the anxiety, the stress, the difficulty sleeping, the digestive problems, we, we, we're causing most of that stuff in ourselves. You know, you've got to, we've got to wake ourselves up and we've got to wean ourselves off all the negativity and, you know, go on a diet of, you know, of positive on positive stuff. Stop watching so much news and so many disempowering sorts of ideas. Um, you know, fill your mind with positivity and visualizations of yourself as healthy and whole and, and so on. I mean, th look, this is the way ritual magic works. It's just, you know, it's, there's a, there's a sort of trance like state that's induced, you know, you've got incense, you've got bright colors and you've got a specific ritual, ritual gear that you put on and you use, you know, magical tools and there's symbolism and visualizations that go on. Oftentimes there's chanting and there's recitation of prayer or, or formulas, you know, you're reprogramming with, with all of these, you know, ancient technologies, you're, you know, unconscious mind, and then you're connecting forces beyond yourself as well. You know, um, the high, you know, the higher self and different, different realms of being. And so, you know, these are tools that you can use uh, to, to, to create a better life. And this, but uh, I don't want to recommend really quickly one book that I really like. It's called Self Hypnosis Plain and Simple uh, by Simpkins, S I M P K I N S. It's an excellent book, uh, by the way, for this sort of thing. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's one of these tools that we have to realize are already, you know, it's something the meditative or the hypnotic state is something we get into all the time. Think about when you're driving and you're staring at the lines on the freeway or the little turtles, those little bumps on the side. And, you know, then you find yourself in this weird sort of, you know, state where your mind's wandering. And then suddenly five minutes later, you wake up and you're like, oh, my God, I passed my, you know, exit back there uh, miles and miles ago. Or, and you wonder how you got there or you, you know, in the morning. When yeah. You're, who's driving the car? Who the hell is driving the car? <laughs> Your subconscious, thank God, you know? Well, so, we are creatures of habit and yeah, some of the programs, there's, sure. there's reason we've talked about that before. There is reasons, yes, you know, exactly. very practical and survival reasons. That yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have automatic, you know, habit things. But what we're talking about now is, is the ones, the stories we tell ourselves, but we, about what who I, we are and what yes, we are and, sure. and what we're capable of. But, you know, yeah. and closely akin to that is the state of mind that we're in while we're telling ourselves those stories. So this is why hypnosis and why, you know, sort of advertising mm -hmm. and propaganda work so well is because they get you into a state of mind where you're lulled into this sort of non-combative state of mind where you don't, you know, critically uh, look at these suggestions and they just sort of filter in. And then, so, you know, two days later, you're like, I, I want to, you know, I want to I, I suddenly feel the need to go buy a six pack of Coke or something. And you're like, you know what I'm saying? Because it's been drummed into you so many times. It's like these these things, they 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 happen, you know, un, unconsciously, you know, but we can take charge of our own life and begin to use those tools in a way where we can create changes and we can create more concentration. We can create less anxiety. We can create more, you know, uh, uh, positive states of mind. We can create, you know, success and all these things we want and, and so on. We, you know, it, it's, if we learn how to do these basic techniques, it's, you know, and like I said, it's closely akin to meditation. Uh, we can get ourselves into that state of mind where our affirmations and our dreams and our, 
our goals and stuff will stick better. You know, we prepared the soil. We've talked a lot about planting seeds in the subconscious. You know, this is a way that helps you to get the negative stuff that might like censor your thoughts. I say to myself, oh, I'm healthy. I'm happy. I feel great. And then some part of me goes, ah, no, you don't. You feel lousy and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And it yeah. rejects it. But getting into that state of that meditative or hypnotic or trance-like state through, you know, through hypnosis or through meditation or through, you know, Sufi dance is another way that people go into that state. Um, you know, twirling motion, yoga. And, you know, there's, there's a million ways. I mean, you know, like I said, ritual magic, um, you know, meditating on, on, uh, on uh, yantras or meditating on mandalas. Uh, all of these are sort of methodologies for, for sort of getting past the conscious mind. The conscious mind is great. You need it. But, you know, at times you want to kind of bypass it so that you can make some changes down below it, you know, in areas that, that, you know, you, you have, have, you need growth in. Right. Right. Well, the conscious mind, you know, like I said, we need it, um, but it, it lives by certain rules and wants things to be certain ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and sometimes that runs up against, or if nothing else, just like the clutter, you know, there's yeah. just so many conflicting things. And I don't think a lot of this really necessarily self-sabotage, yeah. um, but we have enough of a dissenting voice within us. That's just enough to kind of throw us off track, maybe not throw us completely down, but mm -hmm. just enough to where, oh, you get so close to your goal. And I thought it was almost there. And, uh, yeah. You know, well, this almost worked out, or, you know, that there's kind of something that you know, you know, holds back and, you know, this energetic flow. Yeah. Uh, words, the words are like, you know, cholesterol clogging up the arteries, you know, we need mm -hmm. to, um, you know, kind of purge them. Um, and it's really, yeah, just stopping that constant mind stream of chatter and clutter and mm -hmm. past, you know, disappointments and future yeah. fears and, you know, yeah. all this and stuff. Even so. programming yourself as an example, like, like, like if you're, you know, you're trying, let's say you want to do something like exercise more, meditate more, planting the seeds during that self-hypnosis or affirmation time, you know, to, to be able to do that so that you can habitually start to do those positive actions, right? Instead of like trying to use willpower and fight through it and stuff. And you do need to use will, but but, you know, getting down in there kind of where the where, you know, at the base level of kind of where we're operating from and trying to, you know, planting some positive stuff, it's going to help you, you know, do those things you need to do on a day to day basis. Right. Well, you won't have to try so hard. Like you don't have saying. to try. Yeah, so hard. It, it takes takes some brute force sometimes at the beginning. Yeah. You know, there are times when, OK, I just got to power through this. But yeah, the absolutely. self hypnosis or the you know meditation um, that it, it will help you it. with that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you will, yeah, definitely get to the point. It's like, oh my god, how did how did I ever drink diet soda? Like, what? I like that taste. That's gross. Sure, uh, sure. or something, you know. But at the time, yeah, maybe it was really hard to give up. Uh, yeah, kind of used to doing absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, no, it's absolutely true. So you know that that's this is a tool that you can use. So look, you know, look into it. Look into hypnosis. I mean, we're kind of running out of time. Before, so mm -hmm. we're close to an hour here. Uh, a little bit over, but, um, you know, I just want to kind of suggest that, you know, look into hypnosis, look, you know, uh, for example, if you've got some habits you want to, you want to deal with, or some positive things you want to try to try to get on board with or change, you know, to move mm -hmm. in a different direction, you can work on some self hypnosis stuff, just do a little bit of research, it might be one of the tools that you can add into your repertoire, basically, 
Um, you know, if you're a ritual magician or a yogi or, uh, you know, a meditator, you know, it's a, you, you know, the value of this sort of thing and you can use this, um, in a more directed way, uh, to, to achieve some of the things you want to achieve, uh, both, both in, you know, your financial life, your career, your relationships, you know, habits that you have, you know, physical health, et cetera. Um, you know, in the sort of more practical day-to-day life, you know, you can use these spiritual and kind of um, psychological tools to inform that part of your life. Uh, so, you know, th- think about that, check it out and check out that book. As I said, self-hypnosis, plain and simple. Um, and, you know, we'll talk more about this in the future, but it's akin to, you know, a lot of the stuff we're talking about, this just gives us another tool to, 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 you know, use these, these ancient, this ancient wisdom. Cause this is something, as we've noticed, we're, we're you know, it, it goes back into the dawn of, of history. You know, people would not continue doing things if they didn't work. That is why the ancient wisdom still applies today. It comes up in different forms and, you know, you see, oh, hypnosis, this is something new. This is something that's been around, you know, only for a few years or something. And it's like, no, it goes back, goes all the way back, you know, as all of our, our human knowledge of culture and mathematics and, you know, religion and all of this goes way back to the ancient, the ancient world and beyond. Right. So and this is what we like to talk about on the show. So uh, parting words, Mr. Sheridan. Uh, yeah, just go back to, you know. Neil Kue, who said, every day and in every way, I'm getting better and better. Ten times in the morning, ten times at night. Um, There's another prayer I like to do. It's three words. Um, It's please in the morning and thank you at night. Uh, Total, three words total. Uh, Little things like that. And we're dealing with subtle energies. So give it a try. You know, and then show me, tell, tell the spirits, okay, I've been telling myself day by day in every way, I'm getting better and better twice a day. Yep. Uh, show me, show me the results, you know, challenge sure. the, you know, your consciousness Absolutely. and subconsciousness yeah. Absolutely. and be dazzled. Exactly. That's a fantastic idea. And uh, one, one more little thing I'd like to add too is my friend, Daryl Fuzaro, uh, who, who I spoke to on the show one time. Um, he uh, has a one word prayer that he likes to use and he does it during walking meditation on, I believe, his left step. Every time he steps with his left foot when he's out doing walking meditation, he simply says, yes. 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 I like it. Yes. The one word, the one word uh, affirmation and prayer. So, you know, say yes to life. So thank you for joining us on, uh, on the Cosmic Eye Show. We appreciate you being here every week. We love you guys. And thank you again for all your support. Anchor.fm slash Cosmic Eye is uh, where you can find... Uh, uh, the place where you can support us financially and uh, you can find more information about uh, our stuff at cosmiceye.org or at chrissheridan.com uh, and check out our books. Mine is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. Chris is the spirit in the sky. Uh, join us each week. We, uh, we love to have you here and we love to discuss this esoteric stuff with you. So have a great week. Uh, goodbye and God bless. <laughs>